Hey folks, it's Jason, and I've got a fever of 103 degrees, just like the episode number for Biomass tonight. So, happy May Day. Happy <laughs> happy uh, May the 4th be with you. A little early, but we're going to get into that. Uh, happy UBL got pwned on this night uh, five years ago. Uh, happy Civil War is doing well, and happy Doctor Strange looks excellent. Happy Paragon. Game sucks, but we'll talk about it later. And happy Magic Circle game does not suck. We'll talk about it later. So that's pretty much the uh, the show intro for tonight. And what we're going to do is just dive right on in and uh, and hang out with some of our guests tonight and uh, kind of shoot the breeze a little bit about some things going on in the gaming world. Uh, and we do have one of our old bros from the show uh, on tonight to talk to us a little bit about some of the CCP Fan Fest activities we spoke about last week. Maybe a little bit of uh, some hands-on for the uh, Eve or the CCP first-person shooter that they sort of debuted, so to speak, out there in uh, Reykjavik. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into some uh, little bit of intros. And as usual, we're going to shake it up. We're going to do something really crazy, and I'm going to start all the way at the top of the list with Mr. Bait. What's up, everybody? My name is Bait. I'm a pilot in EVE. I'm a professional procrastinator and writer for the Biomass blog. Of all those things, one that is the most true is the procrastination part. Dude, it is, man. Like As we speak right now, I'm copying over um, some articles that I wrote for the blog to be used in school assignments because they're two weeks late. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Zell? I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I am a co-host here on the show and editor on the blog. Um, I used to do the CPM thing, and um, now I, I play other games. Sweet. Okay, uh, and Darth. Hi, uh, Darth Carbonite, member of CPM2, and glad to be here. And just for the record, Darth is his Christian name. Uh, Heracles. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Heracles Porsche. I run a YouTube, and I hope you're all having a wonderful day. If not, hugs for you and nipple pinches for your enemies. Uh, the, the vagaries of the, of the YouTube internet celebrity. Uh, and Pokey. I'm Pokey Draven. I help co-host the uh, podcast. I write for the blog, and I've come to the sad realization that I think I actually hate all MOBAs, except for a couple. But yeah, I'm drinking because of one right now, but we'll get to that later. All right, and I'm Jason. I'm one of your co-hosts here on uh, Biomast, one of the purveyors of the Biomast media empire, such as it is. Uh, and I do not write on the blog, although I do refer people to the site routinely via Twitter uh, and Facebook. So. Let's go ahead and dive right in with a little bit of news out there. Um, anybody got anything hot and shaking in terms of late breaking news they want to bring up? Uh, I was browsing some website and okay, you know, this, right. that's now, already you realize that the NSA sees what you see, right? Yes. <laughs> um, I think it was like um, Kotaku or something, but apparently the uh, the new Call of Duty has uh, the name for it has leaked along with uh, information that it will be bundled with a remaster of Modern Warfare. Ooh, okay. Now, yeah, I saw some flashes on my uh, like my little news feed that uh, there was like some Call of Duty pings going on. I normally don't pay a lot of attention to Call of Duty stuff. I don't so either. I, I assume that this is what they were referring to. I didn't actually like dig into any of it. Interestingly enough, uh, the new game is set far, far um Ahead in time uh, in space, which made my mind instantly think of Project Nova. 
Well, that that'll be that's kind of interesting because you know Call of Duty has definitely been moving more and more in that realm, and I would say shooters generally have been moving more and more in that realm because I think what they've collectively and this is like Rob just shoot from the hip opinion, no pun intended, by the way. Uh, I think a lot of the shooter makers they've kind of played out the whole gritty realism or historical or ultra ultra realistic modern kind of shooter feel. So they're trying to, in order to add new mechanics or really to add, you know, innovative things to the game, they've got to really branch out. And that generally means going into either a more futuristic or a more like sci-fi fantasy route. Yeah. And so we'll all go there and, and then everyone will be making the, the near future FPSs. And then someone will turn around and, like, three years from now, go, like, totally retro with a, a new World War II shooter. <laughs> Fucking uh, Battlefield Five is supposedly going back World to World War, War, War One, yeah. Yep. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm kind of excited for that. Well, I think, you know, I mean, there there are some places for those. I mean, I, I enjoy I enjoy any, you know, the, the, the environment of the shooter is somewhat mildly relevant as long as the... The mechanics are good, and it feels good playing. And it, and what are you what you're trying to do matches with the environment. Mm-hmm. So uh, that you know, like we've talked about it, like that's where my one of my big beasts with the division is. It like the gameplay doesn't match like the setting or the environment very well. Uh, whereas if you jump into something like um, you know like Battleborn Dust or or even you know Call of Duty Advanced you know like Advanced Warfare and stuff like that, those those all those fantastical things that you can do fit very well uh, into the setting of the game. So I, I, I think you're seeing more and more of that because you can add a lot of neat uh, mechanics and neat kind of devices in there in terms of uh, balance activities. So uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it as long as they make a good game. That's, that's really all I kind of care about. Okay, let's see. Other news, other news. Um, I'm not tracking a whole lot right now. It's a little bit of a, well, I would say a little bit of a lull. I did notice that there, I get some more pushes about the, the future Nintendo game system or game console system that they're put, putting out. I haven't dug a lot of, a lot of, uh, dug into a lot, but I'm kind of curious if you guys heard or checking into that at all or following that story. I've heard this coming out next, early next year, right? Uh, yeah, well, I couldn't tell if it was early next year or summer of next year. I've seen reports of two different things, but basically in you know FY seventeen, in fiscal year seventeen. It's strange on the timing, though. I mean, you think that they shoot for the you know the more Christmas release or you know the, no November time frame, but they you know even summer is is pretty early, if not spring. I'm a little surprised at why they're doing that. I'm not sure if they're trying to get away from the other consoles and see if they can do a, a more clean release away from competition. I mean, it's it's weird. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Uh, I mean, I could see, you know, I don't know. I could see that being not a bad strategy if they were still trying to accrue a library. Like, they think their hardware is ready, but they're trying to accrue a better library to, to release with them. And then, so hardware comes out, soft start, and then you have a big push of, um, you know, maybe some marquee titles coming out, you know, for around the Christmas time. But that's that's kind of a reach. It is kind of a weird time of year to do something like that. Now, that being said, Nintendo generally... Uh, has a lot of their IPs in house, so uh, I did. They clearly said that there's going to be a new, uh, uh, a new adventure, you know, Zelda-esque type thing. It's just been pushed off like yep. three different years now, and you know, those of us who pretty much bought the Wii U waiting for it have pretty much shelved <laughs> the thing in the oh. meantime. So, 
Jell, no, like no kidding. Remind me, like what you just said is beautiful segue into a topic that I intended to hit much later in the show, but I'll save it. So just hold that thought. Hold that thought on exactly what you just said there, and then uh, and tee that up for me later. Um, um, this just feels like a repetition of the time that uh, I bought. What was that game when I bought a GameCube to play Twilight Princess? Twilight and, Princess is a wonderful then, game, though. It is one. It was worth the wait, but it was like a two-year wait. So yes, you know, and yes, then I bought, was. ended up buying the Wii anyway. So you know, bleh. I've been here before. It was actually, you know, the thing was, was I played uh, Twilight Princess. I had the Wii version, like when it came out, and I still had, I still ended up playing the GameCube version on a Blockbuster rental. Yes, I will take my my. I am from the '90s card here. Um, you don't even know what a blockbuster is, dude. No, um, I do. I rented so many games from there. But uh, um, when I was, six. I couldn't get a. You couldn't get a Wii when the Wii came out. It was it. The things were near impossible to get a hold of. I know that there's somebody got in trouble for owing Blockbuster for not returning Freddy Got Fingered to Blockbuster, even though Blockbuster hasn't existed for years. You guys heard that story? What? Someone got arrested because they got. There was a warrant placed on them for an unreturned video of like 10 years prior. Wow. And at a routine traffic stop, they're like, so um, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, there's a warrant out for your arrest and I'm going to take you in. <laughs> wow. And then Tom Green offered to pay his bills or something. So it's cool. It had a happy ending. That is pretty sketchy. I've not heard of Blockbuster in many, many moons. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy. So at some point, by the way, I think in if probably not this show, but we may want to review all of the games that are or at least not review, but a quick reminder of all of the games still still do out in FY16. I'm looking at the list right now. There, I've got a Game Informer runs a very, very good and continually updated consolidated list of uh, like the current years, the current calendar years release schedule. Uh, and they, they keep it up up to date pretty well for both PC, Mac, Linux, uh, PS4, Xbox, uh, you know, the whole sm- and the Wii U. Uh, so they do keep a pretty good, pretty good writing list of it. So I'm just kind of looking at some of the, some of the things that are still due out this year. Some pretty solid looking games here and there. So should, should be a little bit to talk about. Maybe we can have a, uh, what are we looking forward to in the future type thing. Uh, on that note, Unless anybody's got any other earth-shaking news, what I'd like to do is kind of move over and get a little bit of uh, Darth Carbonite's thoughts on CPM what he update. thought. Let's not talk crazy. Oh, God. Like what? Uh, a little bit about what he experienced at uh, at Eve Fan Fest up in Reykjavik, just as a uh, the most recent attendee, uh, and if he had any observations about uh, Eve Valkyrie and uh, Project Nova. So. Darth, I will figuratively pass the mic to you. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, well, first off, if you haven't already seen it, I'd recommend going to YouTube, searching for Project Nova, and finding uh, one of um, Kirk's or uh, Denny Fleetfoot's videos. We had camera phones there, and uh, we were allowed to take some footage, and it's a pretty good uh, representation. Um so check that out if you somehow haven't seen it yet. Um, and then also keep in mind that it was, this is a beta, um, or not a beta, a demo. And uh, 
hasn't even Sorry, been greenlit yet. Sorry, you can't roll that one back. You, your unofficial mouthpiece for CCP, and you said beta. Yeah, I did. So it's not, it I'm, is not I'm fired. I'm dead. Beta Nova. Beta Nova. Um, but as for my impression, um, it was really nice to see what we'd been helping on um, and what they'd been talking about for a long, long time. It was nice to both get hands on it and then to see the uh, impressions start rolling out, which uh, were mostly good. Um, as for the gameplay itself, it's it's dust, um, but starting with a strong foundation, uh, which is Ritati's game plan going forward. Um, bright, uh, strong, <laughs> uh, steady frame rate, um, very responsive dust. That's that's the good pitch for it. Hmm. Okay. So what you're saying is legions of Nova Dust will probably be. Did you say like, legion? Get I out. said le- I said legions of Nova Dust. Get out. Come on, man. That's better than that's better than like the name of most Motorhead albums. Are you joking me? I worked I worked my ass off to come up with that. Uh, it took me like three, maybe five seconds during the show last week. Uh, so, uh, th- in, in all fairness, and I, I, I definitely assumed that that's what what folks would say is that uh, it was basically as though somebody took, you know, all of Dust and then sort of reconstructed it to actually run like a like a real big boy game. It, well, more or less what I was thinking. With, uh, to say all of Dust would be incorrect because it is on unreal 4 now they kind of scrapped a lot of the uh the like i said foundation engine parts uh kept a lot of um they've got a lot of resources in terms of you know art assets and textures and such that while they weren't greatly represented on the ps3 were actually extremely large and um suitable to be upraised into uh Unreal 4 that work just as well now as they did before. Um, so they've got, I don't know, it, would, it wouldn't it would be right to say that they've got a lot of work already done for them, but it, I assume that it's really nice to have uh, the cache of um, assets that they do um, so they can use that and then build on top of it, and so far so well. No, I, I mean, like I said, I, you're certainly not throwing, throwing a rock at it. That sounds uh, pretty much about what I was expecting. Like, so in the theory that they have a lot of the, the creative material done and what they're really doing is trying to figure out how do you put the stuff all together in a, in a, in a cleaner method. Uh, that's probably significant, you know, so the sunk cost of a lot of the original artwork, so to speak, you know, or like a lot of the ideas behind the weapons or the general mechanics and such they, they had a, one of the world's most extended betas basically to work with, <laughs> um, you know, to, to kind of figure out some of this kind of stuff. And, and my expectation was that they probably basically just created what most people wanted them to have released, you know, six years ago. In the ago. beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because dust, I mean, we all know it, it was, it started off on a shaky foundation and then like, like a Jenga tower started adding, you know, ideas left and right without focusing on uh, stability or making sure things actually worked before they moved on. Um, that idea is gone. Uh, that philosophy is was burnt in a fire. And uh, Ritati 
is now focused on uh, you know Killing making sure that that tower doesn't fall yeah, over. No, I'm totally tracking that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, we got all that. Yeah, and, and I, I say that jokingly. I mean, I, I acknowledge that the uh, uh, what why they made the, I you know from their from their standpoint making the platform jump you know whatever. Although we did have quite of a laugh at that this last show, I, which hmm. you may or may not have heard. Mostly because Valkyrie will be also released on the PS4. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, you get the feeling that uh, the different uh, branches of CCP are sort of doing their own thing. Um, I'm sure they communicate a lot, but you know they they've each got their own goals. And if so, you're so if one, you're going one, to one was to make a game on the backs of console players and then you know parade it for the PC elite. The other one was to actually make a game for everybody. Totally tracking on that. <laughs> I, console I, elite. I'm I'm, yeah. literally, I'm literally just poking fun at you on that one. I, it, it is. It, it's one of those things where I, I do that's out of all of it. Like we said uh, last time is like that I really just wanted to make a good game. I actually almost any game company out there. There's very few that I actually wish ill on because the game company is a company, but it's really, there's anywhere from shit, one guy to several hundred that are making a game. And mostly everybody that I know that shows up to a job, they actually want whatever they're working on to be, to be good. Hmm. Uh, and and I assume most, you know game developers no different, and quite a few of them probably are fairly creative, and they they want what they're they're producing uh, to be enjoyed and be good, and they want to be known for producing those kind of things. It's just you know, but the majority of games that that get made or, or that people attempt to make don't actually see the light of day, and those that do, a lot of those aren't aren't all that great. I mean, let's be real, statistically, half of every game that you've ever played sucks. You know what I mean? I mean bell curves work. Yeah. But yeah, um, it should come as no surprise that it is PC focused. Um, that was telegraphed with the Legion announcement. I'm not uh, sure that I would call that being telegraphed so much as you know shoved down your throat. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, no, I, I'm just curious though. Is like because Unreal Four is uh, you know like many of the Unreal series, it's kind of one of those universal templates that they use for a lot of different things. They say it's night and day. Um, oh no, I know. I'm very yeah. much tracking that. I, I'm just kind of curious have there been any discussions about maybe even bringing this over to a console at some point i i can't (laughs) i can't say anything about that Um, i just like asking you questions they're completely (laughs) they're completely committed to making the best game they can on pc Uh, can you just can you just like nod your head I can I could do jumping jacks, but just just blink if you're being out. held captive. Just just three blinks if you're being held against your will. I'm I'm blinking like a madman. I'm I'm <laughs> running out the door. I'm jumping well, on the lake. Who knows? No, no, it's it's and seriously, Darth. I mean, I like we. I think we generally all know the answers to these things, and or at least we generally know that you can't say anything about it. So we're we are just having a bit of a bit yeah, of fun. I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> I just no. want to say that uh, looking at Project Nova, um, I, I know we use all this phrase all the time, but I am cautiously optimistic about it. Obviously <laughs> sad, because I, I have spent most of my gaming career pretty strictly console man, but um, in terms of what I just see in the actual game, there's, there's a lot to leave me optimistic. I see a nice mix of like familiar and new elements. You know, uh, I see, you know, CRUs, uh, you know, a mix of weapons we're all familiar with, you know, shotguns, submachine guns, railguns, um, HMGs, 
and uh, the reworked sniper rifle I'm very optimistic about. And I like the I like the new glowy texture on the shotgun, <laughs> and uh, the new the new texture on the uplinks. And, you know, I see I see like you know it's that mix that mix of the familiar and the new. That's that kind of looks good and makes me look forward to what Project Nova might be offering. Um, I'm like curious. The, the two things I'm most curious about, I would have to say, are is Project Nova gonna have Nova knives? That's number one. I mean, it's in the name. It better. I would just say the irony will be will be deep. The irony will be rich if Project Nova has no Nova knives. I actually don't know that one hundred percent. I know about other weapons, but um, I would guess actually kind of like how we've seen the HMG has been renamed to the Gatling gun, at least for now. Again, it's demo. Who knows? Um, we might see. Nova knives renamed. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, and I have. I don't. I might admit something, but I haven't seen. Obviously, me being me, uh, I'm very interested in the logi role or how the support role is being revised. I didn't see any kind of support role footage so far, or you know. So, do you have any info on how that's going to look? Yeah, logis weren't in the demo. Um, I'm trying to think whether or not. I, I mean, I think they might have been renamed to support or something I mean, like that. There was a support class. There I were was no... assuming you guys were going to phase the phase that out just like you phased out the console. No, players. no, no! Don't do it. Can't confirm or deny that either. Have you ever? Have you ever actually like like Ritati's like he's funny when I, because we've asked him about this. And he's like. Oh, I, I think I think Ludgies are great. I think everybody should have Ludgy. That is a thick and, accent. Retired. I, hey, no. I apologize because like most of my European accents generally fall back to our to like a Russian accent, that's, which is yeah, horrendous. But that's literally what I heard. He was like, oh, I think everyone should have Ludgy. just not it's, on my it's team. It's Loggy. You always called it <laughs> yeah, Loggy. Yeah, but it was it was funny because you definitely get the impression it's like, oh yeah, everybody should have one, but just not one on my team. <laughs> it's right. Like, what? <laughs> well, I can't. I can't recall off the top of my head whether he's talked about um, logistics or support roles in any of the uh, post-Nova interviews, but I would suspect that if he's making a shooter game, then there would probably be some sort of support role. Whether that I, is like what we're used to, I don't, I don't know I yet. think I think his version of a support role is somebody with an HMG. Well, or everybody gets a, a, a nanite injector. That was that was the other one, yeah. Yeah, everyone which, does which get an nanite injector. Kind of, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, people don't have to worry about sacrificing their suits to help the team. You know, everyone can. Like I said, I I, I am sad that we're not going to get the new game on console. Obviously, like so many other people, but uh, I'm I'm very on board with the whole idea behind uh, you know rebuilding everything from the ground up. Um, I'm not too upset about the loss of vehicles because that was a whole the whole vehicle balancing thing was a huge ordeal. At the that, start, I guess at least. we'll. Well, it, 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 I don't know. The, the it was an endless debate. It was an endless debate over how to balance yeah, vehicles I mean, and please, like, integrate them like, no into kidding. the game. If if that's if the endless debate, I, I'm by the way, I'm I'm a little. I wasn't a huge vehicle player, but I really liked having them in there. Generally, I would say this though: if having the word endless debate is a is a detractor to to adding it to whatever you know is going to be in you know legions of Nova Dust, I would say then we should not have the, the thing called the AR or the plasma rifle. Name me something that started more that started more arguments or debates other than like 
infantry Cloaks. weapon balance. <laughs> Cloak fields. I think. I don't. There must have been something people were happy with. Shotguns, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but they. But it was. It was in patch after patch. Like Like there was. There might have been. You know, elements that were changed in every single patch. Or you know what I'm saying? Like every single element was changed in a patch. But that element was changed in every patch. Is what I'm saying. Sure. And yeah, to being optimistic is good. And to address, you know, oh dear, no vehicles or oh no PC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, I heard there was going to be some sort of territorial thingy-mabobber in the works long term. He so, wants to do that sort of stuff. He's an enormous fan of of the big ideas. He wants to, you know, have have meaningful connections and and to let you experience uh, the Eve universe, but that's down the line. You know, he, he wants to do it, but first things first. Sure. Sure. I'm probably, but yeah, I will miss, uh, I'm sure, as I'm sure you will too, Darth, I, w I will miss flying a drop ship. Um, I will definitely miss dropping orbitals on people's heads, but uh, I'm totally on board with the whole rebuilding it and make sh making sure the foundation's good before, uh, before the ambition sets in. It makes a whole lot of sense to me personally. Indeed. Um, yeah. It, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, we had more time than most to uh, mourn our dropships uh, and our vehicles and these sorts of things. But uh, we've we've accepted. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and it, I from what what little you can see in the video, I mean, it's clearly a much smoother, much cleaner. It's a modern game. Like I'm not going to say it's it's groundbreaking, but it's clearly a modern game. Whereas even Dust, when it came out originally, it still looked dated. I think mostly because of the method that they were using to build it. So I, it looks good. It looks like it runs you know relatively smooth and just like the quick glimpse that you get. So I mean, hats off to him. I hope it does well. Um, it's it's kind of definitely feels like it's going away from. You know things that I I actually enjoyed about the old game, so that that's you know that is that is what it is. I mean, like I said, most of the most of the things we're talking about are really just design choices. And if Ritati, if Ritati is the 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 chooser of design, uh, as we like to said, they, these are he builds a game that he he's probably building a game that he would like to play, and he is a gamer, and that's not a bad thing. So he, I mean, he's by his nature he. He enjoys he enjoys games, so he's building a game that he would like to play, which is always good uh, to a de you know to a large degree. Uh, but what you buy, what the what the other side of the coin is, is that those default choices through whatever they are may not be what other people want to play. Now he will probably reach a, a big audience because shooters are shooters, and it'll probably do well, particularly if they actually put some resources behind this and, and CCP. Kind of follows through with uh, green lighting. <laughs> well, not it's not just green lighting it, but actually giving it the appropriate level of resources and the appropriate level of uh, you know marketing to use an evil word. But you, you know that's one of the things that I think they knew dust wasn't that good, so they barely mentioned it like ever outside of you know the in, you know CCP fandom, if you will. It was never really pushed anywhere. Um, so. And that was probably a subject of the fact that they could probably pick up the game and they knew that it wasn't that great. Whereas if this one's pretty good, you hope that they actually put some weight behind it, kind of like they were doing with Valkyrie. Yeah, one one can hope. 
I mean, the, the danger they're going to run into is like, like, like anything, there's a whole lot of games that are always down the pipeline that are, that look real good and have a lot of capability. You know, the shooter market is, is quite crowded. Uh, and that's something that I think the big thing that CCP tried to do, and I wouldn't say that it was a swing and a miss, but that where they, they truly were capturing people with the idea for a first person shooter in the EVE online universe was the fact that it was truly aiming for these big ideas. And I think they, they probably underestimated how hard it was to build a shooter. So that fair point there, but I, I hope that they don't sacrifice the thing that I, I think the, one of the few things that really worked well for them, you know, to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, it's true. Um, at FanFest, you know, we, we went and played, played it. Um, and then the day after the announcement, you know, we were all hyped up about it because we, you know, we understood what was going on. We know the general plan. And then we went to the forums and whatnot, checked it out. And the main complaint that first day was how generic it looked to them or how um, they couldn't see the bigger vision that everybody wants from a, uh, a New Eden, you know, this or that. Um, and we showed it to, to Vlad, uh, CCP frame, and he just shook his head and, and said, yes, you know, this is a demo. Don't they know that we want that stuff too? I don't, but first things first. Yeah. I'm with you, but I really don't know that they do know that. I mean, I mean, no, 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 they didn't. They didn't know. So, no, that, and that's that's kind of my point. It's like we we're all into this because we've been following this for a long time. But like, take take somebody who's being first exposed to it, particularly in that venue, by the way, in like you know, Eve Online nerdgasm, like that's it's probably even it's probably even a better test is when they're like, yeah, it looks like any of the other fifty five shooters that I can play right now. Which, by the way, is actually there's two things. One, that's a good thing in that it looks like a modern FPS game and it feels like one. That's a solid win. Two, it, that is the danger, though, of going that all the way to the other end of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's very dangerous. Um, but they've committed, and now they do most definitely have a long road to climb to prove that uh, whether or not they can actually achieve their goals. Um, but, yeah, cautiously optimistic. All righty. Hey, Actually, no. I'm on the CCP Games website right now, and they still have Dust 514 listed in there, oh, along yeah. with other spiffy projects, Valkyrie, Gunjack, EVE Online. I mean, it's the things that we have exact this this podcast special because we have exactly one month to go before twenty nine. This days. thing is is gently, you know, hoisted down into the grave, and it's still listed on there like it's one of their big products. Well, they gotta have something to fill some space on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and keep in mind the website design is gonna lag behind everything else. Well, like, maybe, maybe I think gonna... we should have a good laugh at their expense. If maybe it's they're still prepping there new banners the to just, just slide right in there. The new banner on the day the day that uh, they shut one down, they're ready to you know come out with their name for their the new game. No, what they'll do is they'll just like slap the name, you know, peel the like Photoshop dust out of it and put the word Nova on it, and it'll be good. <laughs> Well, I mean, they could. I mean, and in all fairness, they probably could, and nobody would know. The um, now, I w- interesting thing about that is, I'm sitting here thinking through it, and, and we've commented. I know Jadik, Jadik Minheim and I have talked about this a couple of times, but 
there is a staggering amount of design art and con you know like you have graphical constructs and concepts that came out for uh dust far more far more than i've seen for most other games uh particularly one that didn't you know frankly do that well you know over time i mean it had some stubborn sort of endurance to it but the the really really high end artwork uh, and and concepts that th that they put out and that continue to trickle out were just absolutely amazing. Like in, in terms of, I mean, you could literally peel through the, the shit, you know, hundreds and hundreds of design pieces that they laid out for dust and probably assemble a really, really nice looking graphic novel out of it. I, I suspect <laughs> if you really wanted to, and that's what it's always, that's what is always captured me is that they have this collectively had this massive and this great vision and just their ability to to kind of deliver. Hopefully, they're you know it sounds like they're maybe on the right track with it now, and they they can kind of zero some of that in. But there was just a lot of awesome stuff that they had associated with that game around it. But just none of it ever really. Um, it was hard to translate that vision into reality. I think. And interestingly enough, last Fantastic, like the the big art book that they put out, that super badass art book, there was a ton of dust stuff in that, like dust five one four stuff in. So in fact, some of the better the better better pieces in it were from dust 514 uh, i showed some of those to um excuse me a buddy of mine who he was a big he's like a big um like watercolor guy like in his spare time that's like one of his hobbies he was fairly amazed that that these were that somebody had put in or probably a, a group of people had put in this much time into the art and the just literally developing a graphical representation of an ip a video game ip and frankly, for and he said, "Well, what's this game called?" It's like Dust Five One Four. He's like, "Never heard of it." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. you and everybody else join the club." <laughs> yeah, no, they they know what they have. They know they're sitting on just a treasure trove of ideas and art and this and that. But uh, yeah, hopefully that will show up and uh, it will inject more of that dust flavor. Yeah, no, I'm totally totally waiting for him at some point to uh, you know figure out that they want to turn it into a MOBA FPS, which is apparently the rage now. So that should be interesting. Uh, God help good, us all. Good, good, good segue. I hope not. So, hey, Darth, were you able to mention any of the other weapons or assets they were planning to put in? Planning on? No. No, I can't. No. Um, could only talk about what we've seen, I'm afraid. Okay, I won't play hold the CPM hostage all day. I mean, I don't mind as long as you don't mind hearing no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, well, but, well, let me let me try. Let me try. I'll, let me help you out. I got a way to ask this, the, which I'm fairly confident doesn't actually break his NDA. So, if one were to have a fairly deep knowledge of the game formerly known as Dust Five One Four, okay, uh, outside of the vehicles, the like dropships, tanks, and in the you know the labs and stuff, what would not be in the game that we would that we would normally assume would be in the game. Ooh, strategy by omission. I like it. He's um, honestly trying hmm. to figure out, I was like, would this actually break? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this many times. Trust me. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Just, uh, just lie down, accept it, take it. All right. Oh, okay. So that's okay. That's a little icky. <laughs> but... Uh, hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, 
I'm not gonna go there. You almost said swarm launchers. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, if you can't confirm that swarm launchers won't be in the game, you're 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 being a little overcautious. Bring back the anti-infantry component. Oh, of what about Please, what about no. dumbfire? Yeah. No, about, God. Why not? I, I was in closed beta. It was it was awful. There, it could have been. You know, the thing is, is that I always, I never understood. Was there was always people saying well, you can't fix it. It's it's just it's a bad idea. But the truth is, all it is is a weapon that has a way of delivering damage in a certain way, and that easily could have been tuned to work, you know. Yeah, we did. It was called the Mass Driver, and it was a lot more reasonable. Well, the CPM2 really did help fix the Swarm Launcher during our, our term with Dust. So, um, yeah. <laughs> let, it, let it go. Let it go, people. Yeah. That was your that was your that was a good your, troll. Ju that, that was, was your good. judge moment right there. <laughs> I, I enjoyed every second. Oh and yeah, before I forget, I do definitely want to say I am on board with what with what appears to be uh the tier side. I, I from what I can glean of the footage, it doesn't look like there's gonna be any more of that, you know, militia versus officer suit stuff mm. that you know, we've all got I'm sure at the very least mixed feelings about, so I'm totally on board with that going away. Ritati's talked a little bit about the progressions. I think he was uh, talking about the different um, classes, I think he said, um, and the, the number of them that he plans on in the game. Yeah, it, hopefully he'll talk more about that soon, but yeah, he's got a pretty nice vision about where he wants... Uh, suits and loadouts and character progression to go so, so um, darth yes i sense just a just a wee bit of uh ccpz's influence in the the progression system do you, do you sense that based on your your understanding of the 2014 announcements do i sense it uh no i just know what Ritati's told me um and what what i've seen but yeah i mean specialize in you know, progression all you want, as long as they get it so that a new player is not coming into the game with like a tiny portion of the health and damage and just overall usefulness of a veteran, then, you know, as long as that happens, then I'm happy with that. Because there needs to be, there needs to be balance. Makes me wonder <laughs> what he is, what a new player is going to come in with, uh, though, as compared to, you know, a veteran player. He talked about, um, he talked about a little a little bit about PC and um, how I can't remember the, if he threw out a stat, but how only such and such percentage of players ever even got in a uh, PC match, let alone owned a district or something. Um, so I think it's safe to say that he does really want to uh, fix the uh, new player experience. Yay! Because it was shit. It was yeah. no 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 arguments there. Well, I mean, even like going into a new suit, the the knowledge that you had to grind through, you know, the the frame suit, which was useless, and then <laughs> all the other stuff to get to the thing you actually want was terrible. Like, I like the idea of, you know, we're going to give everyone at least the, the basic version of, of everything immediately, so you don't have to, you know, go through multiple gates just to get to try something that you may not like in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, if if. Green light happens and everything starts chugging, then you can really start opening up uh, because I know he wants to.
when do we expect to know uh, when green light happens? That's a good question. Two to three um, months after they've actually internally made the announcement, they're going to <laughs> maybe, yeah. okay. maybe, maybe not. I, depending on what the higher ups say to the less higher ups, and then trickling on down. Um, hopefully, hopefully soon. Okay. Who knows? It, it would be nice to know before the thirtieth, just to kind of it would to kind of really ease. I, I know that there's a lot of very sick addicts out there that are freaking out over the idea of not having dust to play before news of the new one. And I don't want them to, to go into mass suicide or something. So it would be good to know, you know, hopefully before the end of May, but you know, I'm not, <laughs> we'll, we'll see, you know, CCP has an interesting time scale they work on. Yeah. On, on the death side of things, um, hmm, how do I, they are, uh, yeah, they, they know the end is coming. Well, obviously. And they're, they're, uh, They've got plans. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, something knife in the back. Mm. The Lannisters say hello. Uh, reference to that, that, that one comic that was drawn after FanFest 2014. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious, by the way. I, I did, ha- did have a, a good kick out of that one uh, yeah. in all fairness. Hey, so no kidding. Actually, I do have a semi-serious question for you, though, Darth, uh, while we got you here. what uh, Can you kind of give me an over and under, like, and this is like totally not related to, to Dust 514, by the way. Well, only in the most tangential way. Um, what's your over and under on how long it's going to be before we see Aonamati like on uh, some kind of reality TV TV show getting arrested? <laughs> I'm just asking. Oh, man. That dude is a fucking grease fire. And I don't say that about most people unless they really Whoa. deserve it. Well. But. That guy, I am absolutely convinced at some point there's I'm gonna see news at eleven with some guy trying to like board a plane to Iceland, you know, and set something on fire. It it would be hilarious. But curious, are, are we thinking three, six months? How long do you think it's gonna be, you know, before he actually like loses his shit totally? Well, he was with us in Iceland. Nothing burned down. Everything was fine. Uh yeah, I, I personally want to say about I on I think that whole Aeon is a wacko thing. I mean, have a laugh if you want, but I think the whole Aeon is a wacko thing is just totally exaggerated. You have based on my no idea. Well, no, I'm sure. Apparently, apparently he's super chill, like in real life or whatever. From what I've run, from what I've heard, but online he's Aeon. Let me put it this yeah, way: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if if that is in fact the truth. That literally worries me more than. <laughs> Well, well, Jay, if if you do see that news feed, then we have confirmation that the game was not greenlit, and he has <laughs> just lost it. You, no, you laughed. It's actually what I was thinking. I was like, one of like two that, things that will be confirmation happen. ahead of time. Like, like, once the CPM knows if it's not yeah, greenlit, either it's, it's going to explode. <laughs> exactly. Either through some back channel way he finds out, or or two, they just decide to stop talking to him, or they like stop talk, they stop asking him about uh, lore shit or something, and he just absolutely like his face explodes all over somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that if if Nova didn't get greenlit, that probably would spell the end for us. I'm not I'm not sure, but it probably would. So yeah, you'd probably oh, yeah. Really see something like that. Um, but yeah, there have been times in the past uh, while we've been doing this that you know you could catch a glimpse of I don't know a forum post or a, or a, a signature or something that really uh, uh, showed our displeasure at one thing or another. Um, but no, I. Being in the CPM chat is uh, a thrill a minute. Um, if we could turn that into a reality TV show, I think it would do pretty well. Um, but 
I don't think you have too much to worry about. Mm, okay. Um, I'll be missing some entertainment then if it doesn't explode. He is fun to watch on Twitter. His social media shit, like which I've tried to unfollow once or twice, but I can't. I keep keep getting drugged back in. It's like Real Housewives in New Jersey. It is hilarious. All right. So now that we've CCP'd ourselves into a corner, uh, what I would like to do definitely is to transition over to a, uh, a, a new and interesting topic. So we kind of mentioned it like in passing, like truly like, you know, ha funny about uh, MOBA, MOBA shooters kind of becoming a thing. And, and they really are actually becoming a thing. If you look around, there's uh, probably a good, a good strong handful of, uh, of games coming out now that are in fact shooters of either a third or first person variety, but really designed around a MOBA architecture. Uh, and one of those, uh, we had some some members of the audience here kind of jump into and get a, get a couple of playthroughs on it. Um, we'd like to talk a little bit about Paragon. And I think, Zell, you were going to lead the discussion on this yeah, one? Yeah. I would like to start with a disclaimer um, that uh, uh, Sari says that I should remember to mention that it is an early access and far from claiming to be a finished product. It's being actively developed and updated frequently. And while I may think it's awful, it has a thriving community of people who enjoy it and thus clearly disagree with me. Well, she um, does play it often and is a fan, so she would have I, been I, I just, a good... I just, I just wanted to start off by relaying that. Um, hey, good hey, for you. Good for hey, you. passive, meet aggressive. What's up? I'm sure you're trying. <laughs> um, so I tried Paragon. And um, it, it's kind of the first time I've played a MOBA that is that is kind of over the shoulder, not really first person, it's more of a third person type of thing. But um, uh, and honestly, I I don't think that I don't think I really had a problem with its it being in that perspective. I thought that was okay. Um, is a little bit tougher compared to a to a top down MOBA to um uh to actually see where people are at. You really have to pay attention to the mini map a lot more than you do with other games, not just in the kind of across the whole map awareness, but people literally showing up right behind you and you not having noticed because you are down in the, you know, you don't have that map around you to, that you're staring at when you're playing. Um, so that, that I found a little bit more challenging. Um, the, the biggest pain point for me on it is the same reason I can't stand League of Legends. The game's too bloody long. It takes 40, 50 minutes a match in, in a lot of cases. 20 minutes in, you already know the game's a loss, but you can't, you can't do anything about it. Um, and then you're stuck waiting for either everyone else to finally realize it's a loss and give you a surrender vote that you, that actually passes or, um, for, to just watch it fail. Um, it, that's, that's really the pain point for me is I, I feel that the matches are way too long for the, uh, amount of enjoyment or lack thereof you get out of them. I think they could definitely do with making it a little faster of a game. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the actual graphics for it are of course good cause it's unreal. It's unreal Four. it's from the company that made unreal Four, which means they know how to use that engine and how to milk it for everything it's got. Um, the, it looks like the, the HUD UI all looks temporary. It doesn't really fit the game in some cases and it, it's a little, it, it's a, it, it looks te temporary. So, um, some of the, the UI elements, I, I don't want to criticize because I don't feel that they're they're longstanding. Um, but yeah, I just it it was a little painful to play. It was a, a little too slow, and I didn't feel like I could do much with it um, after a certain point. Um, that's that's really my views on it. Um, Pokey, 
yeah, so I played it today a couple rounds. Um, let me preface by saying that I think I've decided I don't like MOBAs. Um, on paper, the game looks fine. I think that it's a pretty solid... Uh, a pretty solid setup. I, I think that you know the mobile formula works. It's you know pretty standard in that regard. Uh, the graphics are absolutely gorgeous. Like, I can't complain about those. Those are fantastic. But I think I just personally don't like the style that it it has. I think it's just not for me. I found it very frustrating. Like Zelda, the matches last like forty five minutes, and the I, I, the pace is so slow that I I went for like fifteen minutes and went, wow, did anything actually happen in that time period? <laughs> you know, so I, I was kind of getting bored in a sense. It just it it drag it, it drug on, and we won, but it was, it was painful in the process. So it really wasn't for me. But you know, I, I think that. It certainly has a place there. I think that a lot of people really like it. They obviously do like it. It's not a bad game. It's just not going to be for everyone. And it, it certainly wasn't for me. But I, I think that it's worth giving a shot to see if it if it works for you. Um, that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah, I I have not. Uh, I do not have firsthand experience with it. I have actually kind of you know been kind of keeping an eye on it because it, it is a a very eye catching game. I think if nothing else, I've seen a couple of the videos on it. Uh, there's quite a few of my friends and my PlayStation friends that are on it right now. Like there's a ton of guys, um, that are playing it pretty routinely. So it it does have a fair amount of growing popularity. Uh, so I I can't really speak to that. I do know that it is just from what you're telling me, uh, I don't mind like the MOBA theory of like, you know, small teams that are, you know, by their nature can be imbalanced so to speak. Uh, so you're really looking for good, you know, like certain types of team builds. And and in general, that means most characters at some point will have some way of being useful, uh, depending on the match. That's usually not a bad thing. Uh, but 40 minutes, if that's accurate, that that is uh, probably about 20 minutes too long. Uh, if if not really 15, 15 to 20 minutes is probably my a max out time for like a match like that. Yeah, I kind of come to ex- expect the, the pretty standard 15, 20, maybe 25-minute matches in, in most games. And these just, it was like, oh my god, where the time go? I mean, especially for people that are more limited on the time they have to play, dedicating 40 minutes to a single match might be too long. Um, so I think people with packed schedules may may struggle with that as well. It, it's a little frustrating. Yeah, no, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. But it does look, it looks awesome. I oh, will yeah. say that. Oh yeah, Unreal Four is a gorgeous engine, and this is made by Epic Games, so I mean, they they know it better than anyone else does. So it's it's visually stunning. I I think it's a game I would enjoy watching, maybe, um, but just not playing. No, that that's fair. That's fair. Now I'm curious. Have you tried any of the other? Uh, kind of shooter MOBAs that are uh, floating around right now and how this would compare to maybe some of those? Well, I've done Battleborn, um, which I would describe as a MOBA, but it plays like a competitive Borderlands, which I mean, I've talked about this before, but it, it's much, 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 much faster paced. Um, I don't want to say twitchy, but it, it does, it's more reflexes are a much bigger thing rather than kind of the slow, deliberate play that, that Paragon has, but you know that that's that's the one that I've played for the the first person. Um, I mean, first third person. It's still kind of the same deal. It's you know, obviously a little different for situational awareness, but you're still on the ground rather than like the traditional overhead, you know, uh, League of Legends or uh, Heroes of the Storm MOBA style. But you know, I, I actually like um, uh, 
Battleborn, but I think that's because of the Borderlands influence more than the MOBA influence. So, you know, that, that one works for me, and I've heard a lot of people that absolutely hate it. So, you know, it, it goes either way. You know, again, this is not necessarily a bad game or a good game. It's just, you know, who it appeals to, you know, firsthand. No, I think that's that's probably a pretty fair assessment. Um, curious, Darth, uh, Heracles, have you guys actually tried out uh, Paragon? Almost nah. installed it, and then I didn't for some reason. <laughs> so Almost if, installed it. Nice. So if yeah, yeah, I came that close. So if that counts, uh, it's pretty. Well, that's yeah. not that's not all that close because I have games that I've been told to play for years that I've literally installed them. I have them installed right now, and I've never tried them. That's like a. Uh, uh, Kerbal Space Program. I, I, a friend of mine's a huge fan. Keeps telling me to play it. It's been installed on my computer for at least two years. I've never played it. So you can uh, speak knowledgeably about it then. Yes. Yes. Nice. It's on my hard drive, man. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Any other part and shots on Paragon? Sweet. Okay. All right. So I ran across the game purely by accident. Um, on the PlayStation Four, I I I was cruising around the store looking at some different things, and I can't remember if this is one of those like the little um, little portion of the store where you first pop in, where it's like, hey, these are recommendations for you, or some such nature as that. But there was a game called The Magic Circle that was recommended, and wasn't real key. I wasn't sure what it was. I was like, ah, well, I'll let me see what it is. So I, I'm. Now that you can actually on PS4, you can like watch a trailer and it's fairly seamless as opposed to on the PS3 where it was a, a fairly major production deal where you had to get like hit the hit the yes button. I want to watch a trailer, go make a sandwich, maybe drive to the store for a little while, come back and then maybe the video had loaded up. But uh, so I turned it on and I was very intrigued by what I saw. So did a quick download, then checked it out on Steam uh, for the Mac, to, you know, because I am a dirty Mac user. Uh, and I was absolutely blown away. So long story short, the magic circle and you guys, by the way, this whole conversation we've had in the first half of the show or the first, you know, almost two thirds of the show, really, you guys will get a kick out of this. So the, the magic circle is effectively, it's kind of one of those meta game within a games where the whole premise is that you are basically a self-aware character inside of a game that these developers are trying to that's stuck in development hell and they've been trying to to figure out how to build this game make this game and get this game on the street and it is incredibly well voice acted by the way there like the there's three game devs that you have to deal with basically um that are almost like gods and and you can hear them you hear them talking and these decisions that they're making they're all fighting with each other and then you've got like this voice, this uh, almost guide, this uh, this voiceover guide that's helping you, and you're you're also um, an actualized character in it. So you're basically so long story short, it's basically this super super popular fantasy book or fantasy novel that they decided to make into a video game many many years ago. You know the book's been out for twenty years; have been trying to make a game forever, and they've never been able to make a game on it. And it's gone through these multiple iterations. And you're, you are the character in this game and you wander through the game into these different sort of areas or realms that are all sort of in different times, but they're all very well connected. So you can have something that looks like, almost like the original Doom, um, that style of, you know, almost Minecraft-esque animation. 
and then you get into other parts that are these really beautiful black and white sketch drawing sort of renderings um, that make up the entire landscape. But you flow from these different places of, of this game of, hey, the game never got beyond concept art here, or the game only got to like wired like wireframe models here, or you know this kind of stuff. So your job as the is literally this self-aware entity, this thing that has been brought alive inside the game, unbeknownst to the developers that are still sort of raging at each other about how to build the game. Your job is to either make the game or stop them from making the game and just kind of put everybody out of their misery, sort of, so to speak, inside the game. It's like this interesting blend of like Tron and I, like I'd, I've never seen a game quite like this, but it is very self-aware. And it is very clear that uh, the folks that that actually put the game together, and I think it's a, a crew of three guys, they are clearly some veteran, like salty game developers. And every like trope or meme or back and forth argument you can imagine happening probably in a in a game studio is on display in this game, and it is done marvelously. Um, for the gameplay itself, it's actually really neat. It's it's predominantly puzzles or like environmental puzzles that you have to figure out, like how do you get from one place to another kind of things. Um, so it's not, a, you know, from an, act, from an adventure standpoint, it's more of a mental challenge and it's really fun listening to the story or like helping the story develop itself because you really do drive a lot of it. So basically what you do is you have a device or you have this capability that you're given very early in the game where you can basically manipulate the code of things around you. So imagine you walk up to uh, like a tree. You can dive into the code of the tree in the game and you can give it different attributes like this, you know, like somewhere between I think six or six to eight different attributes you can assign it. Um, so you can actually give it mobility. How does it, how does it move? It moves by flying, it moves by swimming, it moves by this. And you have all these different choices in these menus that you can give it. And then suddenly you've now created a tree that can eat people, shoot rail guns and fly. And, and so it sounds kind of odd at first, but then you start to figure out you can give certain things powers. Uh, like you can give a, a rock or a, a mushroom the ability to teleport you. And if you need to get from one side of the map to the other, or you need to get it, get from one area of the game to another to solve a puzzle, you, through a series of manipulating the environment or the, the creatures or entities around you, usually in some fairly creative ways, you can get yourself to where you need to be or solve these environmental puzzles. Um, and it's, I would say, relatively intuitive. Like once you kind of get the hang of it, it's relatively intuitive. And there's, from what I can, I can gather, a, a number of different ways to solve these problems. Uh, just in the, the few hours I've had my hands on it. So it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's quite, quite entertaining and you can hit it on, um, steam, which I think it's got a, yeah, it's got a windows and a Mac version. I think it's got a Linux version. I'm not sure. And it is a place you can find it in PlayStation four as well, but it Looks is like Mac windows only. Yeah, it is absolutely, absolutely awesome. Very, very good humor. Well, well voice acted It is not, um, uh, and it fits well with the game. So I really highly recommend it. It's really difficult to describe the visual style of it because it shifts dramatically throughout the different parts of the game. But very well done. So I would highly recommend folks check out The Magic Circle. 
um, you can do a quick uh, quick re quick check of the trailer, or maybe even hit the uh, hit the download button on your on your PS4 if you should so desire. But I do recommend it. Okay, so I guess it does seem to be Steam. It's it says it's like Windows, Mac, and SteamOS plus plus Linux. So I'm not sure. Um, is that Steambox or whatever it's called? I, well, yeah, that's what SteamOS is. I'm, I, but it also says the plus Linux part, but it's weird because it doesn't have like a Linux icon. It has the Windows and Mac icons. So I don't know. Uh, it's 20 bucks on Steam, though. Um, There's a free demo, too, though. So if you want to give it a shot. Okay. Yeah, that this trailer is hilarious. <laughs> it's I, I can see what you mean by how it's some very salty X game devs because it's <laughs> it, it was like promise nothing, imply everything, and then <laughs> triple underlined everything. It's it, this looks good. I'm gonna pick this up. Yeah, this this is this is one of the few that I've I, I'm actually really happy that I bumped into this one, um, and and mostly because I mean, if you think about it, on this podcast, we talk a lot about games and development or where they're at or like game get, gets released and then you're like filleting the guys that probably were at some point sweating blood for two, three years to make this game that we're all now like pissing on. So it's, it's, it is pretty good. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I've got a list of other, uh, other quick, quick hitting uh, things I want to hit on, but I was curious, anybody got any other directly game related or things that they've tried out in the game world? I don't care if it's, Tablet, PC, or console, anything like that that they want to put on the table before we move on? I, I just want to mention Blizzard because I was pretty hyped for Overwatch, even though I have. Um, but the I heard a story about how Blizzard but. shut down a private a private server that was running old vanilla WoW for no reason because of just like I don't know. It wasn't. Ooh, there's yeah. There's not no reason for that. It's it's. It's, well, I'm sure some business reason behind that, but anyway, it just seemed excessively cruel to me. That's all. I don't. I haven't played WoW in ages, but just the same. Effectively, what happened was it was a pirate server running vanilla World of Warcraft, and it was the most popular of the pirate servers, and they shut. Up, they sued it. Um, because yeah, making a making a um free game that uses all of their their licensing and and IP and is basically a reverse engineered version of their game is actually illegal. Um, and yeah, they did shut it down, but it was the, it was the only, it was the first time that they've done this, that there was a large enough population affected that Blizzard actually felt like making a statement on the matter rather than just doing it. And they said, you know, basically we understand why people want it, but we can't allow it to happen. And we probably won't offer one ourselves because it's, Difficult yeah, to it's it that right. last part that pisses me off because they're not giving—they're not even giving people a paid alternative. That's just cruel. Or it could be I'm, just a simply a business decision, and they own the IP. I mean, the problem is they have to, in order to offer the type of thing that Nostalrius was doing, um, at a properly supported level, they would have to basically rewrite Vanilla WoW to meet modern technical standards because. If people were paying for it, they would be expected to have the. It would be expected to have the level of support that standard World of Warcraft has. Um, oh, it's gonna be so difficult for a billion dollar company. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, compared, <laughs> they they know very well how much people how much people do or don't want it. Um. I mean, that's that's a business decision. Is is that investment worth it? Maybe not. Um. But yeah, I mean, if effectively, it it was a active piracy and they have to they if they don't defend their property they actually can lose the right to to make claims on their intellectual property 
Um, they absolutely from a from a standard business sense, they literally have to do it. All right, I get it, Zell. You want to side with the man? Spoken like somebody who one day <laughs> when they have like a big boy job and they're making like money and doing all this Mad Men stuff and their names on the on the like you know sign of like we cheat him and how and Porsche. Uh, he's gonna be well, you know. We really should probably make some of these cold, heartless decisions because, like, there's like money and no, shit. Stop, no, stop! <laughs> no, stop calling me out my hypocrisy. Come on, your future hypocrisy. My future. Well, I know it's coming. Come on. No, that and and, and by the way, that is one of the haven't things sold I, out I, yet. I absolutely enjoy is having being. I, I suspect probably the oldest person on the podcast. What I what I get to watch is, you know the progression over time of how people view these things. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's pretty static. I would people say get like older a, and turn Republican or, or, well, no, no. Well, one of two things happens. Like one, by the way, I, I absolutely can't stand either one of the political parties generally, but what tends to happen is that as people get older um, and then they actually at some point determine where their taxes go, they figure out that they should actually pay attention to that shit. <laughs> and it's, that's usually, there's a, there's a very real cut line of when that happens. And it's usually when they make enough money for the government to actually take a real noticeable chunk out of it. Um, and it'll take, it takes everybody a little while to get there, but that's, that's the first time when you like really bump a tax bracket and, and you're like, how much, how much did they take? And then you're like, Hey man, maybe the H and R block easy form isn't working. And then it's you you do like one week's worth of research, and then suddenly your political views change on all kinds yeah. of shit. No, it's it's not bad when you like it's not bad as long as um, the like all of the taxes you pay for the most part are withheld to begin with. But once you get to work to to like the point where due to whatever financial situation you have, side business in my case, where you get to tax season and then you have to cut a four figure check to the government in addition to everything they will withheld for you that year. Then you really start to think about where your money goes because that bleeds. That, that hurts. That is no joke. <laughs> but anyway, hopefully we that makes people, you know, want to pay for less awful things. It doesn't necessarily going to shift you right or left. Oh well, it, let me put it this way: when I hear like, like, I actually have a lot of respect for you know dudes like Sanders and stuff like that, but. Like when I hear dudes talking about like, yeah, we want all our college paid for for free, and you know. All this other kind of shit. I'm like, hey, bro, more than 50% of this country pays not one thin dime in taxes. Like when you get onto the 50% side where you're paying some real taxes, like you'll start thinking about it. <laughs> so now that we've totally derailed a, a generally a fun loving, uh, you know, nerdgasm podcast. Moved <laughs> into politics. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm desperately hoping is the only time we do this like ever. Um, Please let it be so. Jesus Christ. No, this is like this is some absolutely ridiculous stuff. But uh, anyway, I, I did want to uh, push out a couple of quick things. In the world of other nerdly things, uh, I did kind of mention it. You know, may the fourth be with you. Uh, that is that is kind of uh, you know sort of in the Star Wars panoply of of dates. That's the one most people get. Sort of the uh, the birthday for Star Wars, and that's usually when if you own a Star Wars related thingy. Generally, like if you own like like a game or something like an app, <laughs> you're going to get a bunch of free shit on the on the fourth of the week of the fourth. 
just throwing that out there. So if you've got any of the cool like Star Wars trading card games on your on your iPhone or whatever, or yeah, you know, Star Wars Commander, you know, Star Wars Lego, a- anything Star Wars that's digital, you will probably get an update on or about the fourth, uh, no later than the fourth, and you're going to get some free stuff. It is kind of cool. Just saying. There's also usually a a nice chunk of YouTube videos and other kind of stuff that comes out that lets you get your nerd on about that kind of stuff. And it would not surprise me if at some point, you know, they release some episode eight stuff on the fourth, like some stills or something like that, that are some rogue one stuff. So probably a rogue one trailer. I would think, I would think, I would think, uh, and I'm I'm actually kind of excited about that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm about to support, like propose something crazy. Oh, but that I would never ever propose. It involves actually leaving the house. Oh my god! But if you happen, I know I just don't don't do it on normal days. It's fucked up. But if you happen to live in a major metropolis, do a Google search for like May the Fourth parties That's in true. your city. Yeah. They're oh my god, so much fun. I've I've never had more fun than a May the Fourth party. Definitely. Other people, though, that sounds dangerous. Star Wars fans, I you know, I, very, I know other people. It's it's I no you're right Darth ninety nine percent of the time it is not worth it but for a May the fourth party I definitely recommend checking it out. <laughs> Going back to the games real quick I uh, I got to play the uh, Gears of War four beta the multiplayer uh, probably about what three days ago I, guess. I was not impressed it's really bored hated bored it. God Lord. damn it it was bad man. It was okay. So you boot up the beta, and I thought, I thought, oh, okay, cool. It's gonna be like a, a single player beta. Nah, it's the multiplayer beta. Which I mean, I guess I should have, uh, I should have seen coming because who the hell does a beta for a single player campaign? They usually Not do many people these days. days. Exactly. They usually come out in demo. So I was kind of pissed off about that when I booted the game up. But shame on. Me. I load up. I go into the screen, and it's it's this really like the screen is dark, and you can barely see the dude's face. And by the way, that guy looks like Nathan Fillion, and it threw me off because I just got done playing Halo Five, and I thought Nathan Fillion was following me every. So that messed me. Um, and so I go in. I get ready to fire up the the first um, versus option, which is a team death, standard team deathmatch. Really fucking annoying because instead of you know using cover uh, as you do in Gears. People run it, run up at you with fucking shotguns. Two shots, bam, run on the dude. Really? Um, but whatever. It was a team damage. What really threw me off, though, was the next mode. It's called dodgeball, right? You go in, you get one life for the entire game, and then, you know, you're done. So people are running around fucking blowing your brains out with shotguns at point-blank range. Uh, but then, so I'm sitting there thinking, well, how the hell is this like dodgeball, right? Because at this point, it's not. It's just, you know, a team deathmatch with one life. And then it hits me after I go and Google what the thing is about, that every time someone kills an enemy, you come back in, essentially like catching the ball in dodgeball, hence the thing. But it, there was no, like, indication of that, so I didn't know. So shame on the dev- Um But, yeah, not exciting, very frustrating. That's my thoughts on it. Not excited for the Sad. Wow. That came out of nowhere, but I'm all in. Well, I'm not. I wasn't a big Gears of War fan to start with, uh, but it's kind of interesting you said that. Like I've, I now that I mentioned or now that I think about it, I don't know that I've heard anybody that said that has uh, said Gears of War Four is like really going to be like breaking some new ground. You know, no, you know, so to speak. There's something about some new like 
mechanics that you'll be able to do from behind cover or whatever that I didn't look at because the story sounds meh. Okay. All right. That's fair. Sure. And um, hey, another uh, thing, real quick. The game was fucking colorful. It threw me off because the other games are like dark and gritty. And then I walk in and like the, the sun is in the sky. Everything was really bright. It was weird. It was interesting, but it was it was really weird. Okay. I'm done. All right. I'm done. No, no problem. Uh, all right. So as I kind of slide over to May the 4th be with you, or at least the remix version, uh, in, in the honor of the many funny YouTubes that uh, I just said are out there, I've found about four of them already. So you, you can literally just like Google up some randomness and there's some really good ones. There's a, there's this beautiful one of uh, like that scene from episode seven, like where Ray hands Luke's or trying to hand Luke Skywalker, the lightsaber, they've cut in a microphone, like a, uh, like a uh, karaoke microphone. And then it cuts to, a really artfully done version of all by myself. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so there, there's a quite a few of these things out here. So I highly recommend you find them. Um, on that note, uh, we do have gotten some initial, uh, initial reports of uh, the Avengers civil war, apparently looking pretty good. Some of our European folks have mentioned it. Uh, and I got a, like a quick sideways note on Google, probably about an hour ago from a buddy of mine over in Germany that saw it said that it's actually quite good. It said it, it's his general take was it's about on par with winter soldier. So uh, take that for what you will. If you liked winter soldier, this might be kind of up your alley, but it said it's extremely well done. Like pretty much most of the other ones in that, uh, in that series. So yet again, Marvel beating the dog shit out of, out of DC, unfortunately. Uh, but that's just how it goes. Um, I think the only other thing I was going to mention tonight is I did see the Doctor Strange trailer for you know the Marvel superhero fans and oh, stuff. Yeah. That thing looks trippy. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see that. I, I was kind of mad about that, and I saw the trailer. I was like, oh shit, that that could be really good. I think that's that shows some promise. So that's kind of ignited some interest for me. Yeah, that's definitely got some like Inception vibes going on, vibes going on with it, but it, mm-hmm. it looks pretty good. Yeah, you could tell they drew pretty heavily from Inception, but that's not a bad thing at all. Yep. No, I think that's absolutely spot on. So um, unless anybody's got any saved rounds, I'd like to go ahead and kind of slide us on over to shout outs. Anybody? Anybody? All right. We're good. Sold. Moving to shout outs. Uh, So let's go ahead and kind of mix it up a little bit. Darth, any shout outs for tonight? Uh, Good to be back. It's, It's been a while. I'm glad you guys are still going. So, so shout, shout out to you, I guess. Danke. Uh, and Heracles. Uh, I want to give a bit of a long shout out to um, all of the dust addicts who are, who are looking down at 30 days left of dust. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to help you with the grieving process. Uh, I'm planning a big farewell dust video. So please give me all of your feedback on that, including your sarcastic feedback, because... I will do ridiculous things. I was once someone once sarcastically proposed that I do a dust video with Claire de Lune music. I did it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I will re- release a few posts, the end of dust videos as well. I will. I'm, I'm here to hold your hand. That's that's everything. That's my whole piece. That's it. I, that was man. I was about to go get a soda and shit when you said you need some time. Yeah, I got to step back down. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, bait. 
Yeah, um, I'd like to give a shout out to a, a real life friend of mine. I had the uh, absolute honor of sitting in on his uh, his first degree black belt testing um, on Saturday and got to be his uge, his partner, um, when he did his self defense and his mat work. Um, so I'd like to give a shout out to Zach. He did a really good job, man. Um, I enjoyed the throat punch. Uh, shout out to my uh, Eve Corporation Incorruptibles. Love coming back to you guys. Great flying with you. Um, and shout to Batman v Superman for being absolute shit. I saw it on Saturday. Did not like it. That is all. Yet again, bait. Procrastinator extraordinaire. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Finally catching up on the movie. So, hey, no, all right, so I got to ask you. Uh, if you were going to pick a bright spot of light and joy in the movie, what would you say was the best thing in, in uh, Batman v Superman? Uh, fucking Wonder Woman. Okay, all right, let's try that again. <laughs> He's just yeah. come on, baby. He's, he's in a uh, a mood. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, but it's great. I agree. <laughs> Killing me. Um, a, a, a bright light in the movie. Um, uh, agreed. Uh, Superman or Wonder Woman was a good was a was a very good and much needed inject into the, into the into, into the movie. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's about it. So, so random question though: Are you in the least bit interested in the uh, Batfleck sort of a solo Batman movie that they're putting together? God, yes, Ben. I I loved Ben Affleck's Batman. So, so there we we agree. It was really it was a bad bad writing situation with that movie. But Ben Affleck Affleck feels like Batman. He does. He really does. They kill all the bad guys. The Alfred guy too, whoever played Alfred, he was pretty dope. Jeremy Irons, you know, yeah, man. Like, like, oh, Sir God, that's Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Oh. Okay, yeah, he was. Cool. Jesse oh Eisenberg was, was great as well. Well, okay, all right, now you just like totally lost the script on that shit. No, 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 no. I mean, the writing was bad, but I think that I uh, Zarya said it well. Uh, he did well with what he was given. I absolutely agree. If they changed, you know, they, this is this is a great movie. He should have been the probably. They, yeah, I was about to say they probably could have like did a search and replace for Lex Luthor and put Riddler, and yeah. it probably would have worked well. It would have been good. But <laughs> on that note, no, this I was kind of curious what your thoughts are. But I'm actually kind of excited to see the the uh, the Affleck uh, solo Batman. That was that was uh, probably. In all fairness, like even though you you actually only saw Batman on screen like a a relatively small amount of time in the movie, he, that was about as that in my head. That's what I've always wanted. A other than the whole like shooting and stabbing part, um, that was really what I wanted a, a movie Batman to kind of to kind of look like. You know that you didn't really kind of get anywhere else. I mean, the Christian Bale stuff was really good, but he was ultimately like a cop with like some snazzy hockey pads that he was wearing. Yeah. The movie was long as shit too, man. Like oh, I missed the oh, first yeah. twenty oh, minutes yeah. and I and like the like dude goes into the end of the, the alien ship uh and I'm like, God damn it, is this movie over? No, nope. still got like an hour and a half left. Dang alright. Yep. Is no, that Alright, let's see. Pokey shout outs. Uh, give a shout out to Darth for coming on the show. It's good to get firsthand feedback on someone who actually played the demo for Nova. Cool stuff. Love you and too. Uh, yeah, and a shout out to my work. This is the one year anniversary of working at my most recent job, and they put up with me for a full year. So uh, <laughs> uh, many thanks to them. And uh, yeah, 
All righty. Good deal. And uh, Zell? Yeah, um, my shout-out is to all these um, scummy scammers that have called, like, everybody I know to uh, can claim to be for Microsoft support because three different people this week uh, that I know all fell for it and gave them access to their computers remotely and sad things happened to their computers because of it. So, um, you know, FYI, most people, I think, listening to this podcast should know, but Microsoft will never ask you to call them nor will they call you out of the blue telling you there's something wrong with your computer. If someone does, hang up on them, do not call them, etc. Do not grant them access to your computer, do not give them the $200 they're going to ask for, because otherwise, and they will ransom your computer against you if you don't. But that's, that's life. That's why I own a Mac. <laughs> They'll do it to Mac users too, I mean, it's not yeah, that hard. Yeah, but I've gotten, I've gotten that call a long time ago. I was like, we need to help you fix your PC. I only own a Mac. It's beyond fixing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. These these guys will they'll rip you off even with a Mac. They don't care. They can do it. Dude, the software they use is multi platform. It, it, it's okay. I already got ripped off when I bought my Mac. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, man! Don't hate like that. Um. Uh, okay. Go ahead. What? Okay. All right. So I'm gonna assume through the choppy audio that you're done. Uh. So shout outs for me this week. I'm not really sure I've got, actually, you know what? Tell you what, I do have a shout out. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the magic circle. I am absolutely desperately trying to figure out who exactly has made this game. And I am utterly un, uh, unsuccessful right now, but you can't go to magiccirclegame.com and you can see a pretty snazzy little website about it. Uh, so it's got a funny, funny little trope trip section too by the way so that would definitely be my shout out is going to be the random indie game that you find when you weren't really looking for a game that actually brings a smile to your face and reminds you that at somewhere there are guys toiling away probably in like their attic or their mom's basement trying to make a video game that dudes like us will poke poke sticks at and laugh at and all this other kind of stuff and say god what were they thinking I'm like, oh my God, you know, I can't jump over this three inch curb or why did this lamppost ex- destroy my tank or you, know, you, you guys feel me on that, right? So there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there. So to all the hidden developers out there desperately trying to make a game either in their own studio, in their college dorm room or wherever, or if you're one of the wage slaves jacked into the matrix, like at UB or like Bungie or something like that, working on a 700 man team trying to turn out like call of battle duty five or whatever. Hey man, my hat's off to you. Cause ultimately this podcast is really about the work you guys are putting out. And no matter how much fun we like to poke at you and, uh, and rocks we like to throw at you. The reality is you're, you're ultimately doing this or you got into that line of work, I would say 90% of the time because you enjoyed games uh, and you wanted to, to make games for other people. So my hat's off to you. Even at, at some point, I'm fairly confident I've like cussed most of your games at some point. Uh, I, I truly have to think through it from a, uh, not just a customer standpoint, but like an aficionado of video games uh, at age you know, almost age 41 here in about another month, uh, I will have been of the generation that literally from the time I was able to walk had video games around me culturally, you know, so to speak. So, you know, the old arcades, the the Pong game, back to the Ataris, the 2600, the 5600, 
all the way up to the you know the Segas, the Amigas, and all this other kind of jazz. Uh, I'm probably right at the very bleeding edge of uh, sort of the video game culture, at least in terms, you know, particularly in terms of North America. So my hat's off to everybody that uh, that produces games, uh, whether I've slayed you in a review or not, by the way. Uh, and I would no kidding stand you for a beer anywhere. Uh, so on that note, folks, as we like to say, good night and good luck. <laughs>